Will you pray with me? Lord, we give you thanks for this day you have given us. We pray that you would bless us as we come and worship of you. Pray that the meditations, the words of my mouth, of our mouths, and the meditations of my heart and our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer, and that you would help your church to be faithful in the mission you have given us to make disciples in your name, teaching them all that you have, teaching people all that you've commanded us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you a, a sad and somewhat silly story to start. I grew up in, in church in youth, a youth group, and we would go on youth camps. And one year I went on youth camp, and I had a girlfriend, and she broke up with me while we were at youth camp. It was, it was awful, you know? And um, so I went back to my dorm where I was staying, and I figured, you know, Job suffered a lot in his life. Maybe he can relate to what I'm going through right now. I mean, maybe it wasn't quite as bad for him, but anyway, for some reason, I actually can't remember all the logic that went into it, but for some reason, I opened the Bible and I was reading the book of Job. People can do worse things, right? Um, so I was reading Job and I came across this passage. It's, it's the last chapter of Job. It's after all of his suffering. He's been very angry with God and um, he's told God about this. And then God has revealed himself to him in this powerful way. And Job says, it's chapter 42, this last chapter, it's the beginning of it. He says, I know that you can do all things and that no plan of yours can be thwarted. I know that you can do all things and no plan of yours can be thwarted. It's such a beautiful verse. I love that word thwarted. No plan of yours can be thwarted. Now, at the time, I took that to mean that we would get back together. <laughs> True confession, right? And that was not the case, and I am all the more happy for it. But that verse, what it did was it gave me a strong sense of confidence in who God is. And that's what I needed. In that moment. And you know all the emotions of a 16 year old kid. I needed a strong grounding and confidence. In who this God is that we worship. I know that you can do all things. That no plan of yours can be thwarted. So we're in World Mission Sunday. How in the world does my story of being broken up with relate to this? In Epiphany, we've talked off and on about the church's job to share the good news of Jesus. And one of the thing, ways that we need to learn to share the good news, a lot of the thing about sharing the good news is what God is doing in our own lives. And one of the things that we need when we, to share the good news is we need a deep confidence, not in ourselves, necessarily, but in who God is. We need a confidence in who God is. And so this morning, I want to share with you in a few ways who this God is 
that we are worshiping. One of the things about who he is, is that he is the God who has made all nations. Every nation upon the earth was created by and for God. This one true God. This is what we heard in our psalm, Psalm 86. It's the second, set, uh, second verse. All nations that you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. Now, a lot of us, uh, we have been born in, the, in America, in the West. The idea of one God, whether we're Christian or not, it's, it's pretty normal to expect, yeah, we, yeah you, you've always taught this, one God. But I want to make sure you realize that this was like a lightning bolt out of nowhere in the ancient world. No one had ever thought of such a thing. People believed that every nation, every tribe had their own God. They were all divided by these gods who warred against each other. Hence the tribes of the earth were, and nations were all warring against each other. But out of nowhere there is this revelation that comes to the nation of Israel that says, No, in fact, there is one God who has made all peoples. And he will one day unite all those peoples to worship him and him alone. This is who this God is. He is the God who made all nations, but he's also the God who will be worshipped by all nations. And this is the, revela- the, the picture that we have in the book of Revelation that Michelle read for us. It's in Revelation chapter 7 verses 9 and 10 that I would like to draw your attention for a minute. Listen to this picture that John receives, the Apostle John. We're told that after this, he looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, all tribes, peoples and languages, all of them. Did you know that in Africa alone, there are 3,000 languages spoken? John says, That in heaven, every single language upon earth will be represented. They're all there. They're standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Clothed in white robes. With palm branches in their hands. And crying out with a loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God. Who sits on the throne. And to the Lamb. You know, what's not said is what language they're speaking in. I find it wonderful just to imagine what language it is or whether somehow in heaven we're all given the capacity to understand every single one of them. But how is it that all these nations, all these tribes and peoples that still to this day in many ways war against one another, how is it that they're all united together Well, the way that they're united together is because of the Lamb. (laughs) The Lamb who has come to break down the barriers between peoples through His own blood. To make peace between peoples by laying down His life and telling us, you're to lay your life down in the same way that I have laid down my life. Jesus does this not just for nations, but He does it for spouses. (laughs) He does it for friendships. 
He says he comes to reconcile people who have been against one another by laying down his life. So Jesus, he's this one God who has all authority. He's made all the nations upon earth and all the nations upon earth will worship him. And you know what's really cool is this is actually what's happening in the world today. Did you know that every day in Africa and China and other places across the world, there are thousands of people every single day who are turning to the Lord Jesus from from other gods to worship him? In 1985, they estimated that 16,500 people a day were coming to the Lord Jesus in Africa alone. 16,500. And every 20 years, the population of Christians in Africa is more than doubling. It's outpacing the best predictions that we're making. So in Africa alone today, there are 750. 15 million Christians. Like they think, they, they anticipated that Islam was going to take over Africa. It used to be that four to one, the people in Africa were Muslim versus Christian. What's amazing is that today it's half and half. Christianity continues to outpace in its growth of people turning from other faiths to the Lord Jesus. This, this should blow our minds. You know, there are a couple of lies that it is very easy for us to believe that we need to make sure that we have the the right thinking about. One of the lies that it's easy for American Christians to believe is that most Christians look like us. Look around, right? And Think about the thing that we're hearing a lot today. I don't mean to be crude, but one of the things you hear a lot today is the idea that Christianity is a white man's religion. Look, I'm sorry, but I need to tell you very clearly, most of the Christians in the world could not look less like me. I was in Uganda in 2020 with Bishop Steve. There's this picture on our website that if you get the chance, you should go look at it. It's on our website about us, Anglicanism. And there's this picture of Bishop Steve, who was here last week, with this Ugandan woman who must be 90 to 100 years old. And she has this beaming smile on her face that could not be bigger. It's amazing. And it is a picture Of something like Revelation 7. Of people who could not be more different than each other. But are united because of Jesus. Most of the people who are Christians in the world. Look very different from us. And so when we hear that Christianity is on the decline, when we hear things that people are leaving the faith and we are tempted to get discouraged or think, oh, well, it must not be as true as I thought it was. You need to stop right there. It's not at all the truth. God has people all over this world and he's adding to his family day by day by day. One of the lies it's easy for us to believe is that most Christians look like us. And it's simply not the case. Another lie that it's easy for us to believe, I wonder if you've heard this, is that faith is something that you just grow up with. 
And you should not try to change people's beliefs. Have you heard something like this? I have, sorry. So if you, you're going to have to suffer through me talking about it, if you have, even if you haven't heard it. I, I, this is something I've heard a, a lot, and it's used to say that we shouldn't try to evangelize other people's. That faith is something you inherit from your family. And so you, you don't need to try to change that about people. And this is another thing that simply is not true. This is why you hear of Muslim people who have a shepherd who come to them in a dream and tell them to come follow him. And it's the Lord Jesus himself who is showing up and compelling people to come and follow him as their Lord. What we should be mindful of is that throughout history, the church has recognized that God has somehow, even throughout the world where people do not yet know Jesus and know his fullness, he's, there are seeds of truth in all those places. This is what we hear in Revelation 1. People who don't even know, fully know God, somehow out of their instincts, are obeying things about God. And so when we have the opportunity to talk to people, what we need to be looking for are what are those seeds of truth that are in their lives where God is present in some way, but what they need is the fullness of God that has been revealed to us through the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the full representation of who God is. And all people need to come and worship him. And in Revelation 7, we see that all people will, peoples from every nation will come and worship him. So this is the God who has created all nations. All nations will come worship him. We can have confidence in this. But there's another thing that we need to have confidence about, about this God. And that is, that he has appointed you to be one of the ways that his message is shared in the world. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28. All authority has been given to me on heaven and, in heaven and on earth. He is the Lord of all. And he is sending you to go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that He has commanded us. And He is with us always. The greatest way that the church is a blessing to the world is when we are making disciples together. When we're teaching each other those things, reminding each other of those things that Jesus has commanded us, but also when we are going into the places that God has put us in our lives, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in work relationships, and we are asking God for opportunities to share the fullness of who He is and to teach others about all the things that He has commanded us. Commandments are not something that we should look down on. The commandments of God are a gift to us so that we learn to walk in the light and in truth and in beauty. And God has appointed all of us to be part of his work of making disciples in the world. I wonder if you are praying and looking 
for those places where God has put you to help with his mission of making disciples of all nations. You know, it's a really neat thing. God always starts things locally. And when I say locally, I mean locally, meaning you and me. God has this great mission to make disciples of all nations, but he starts with you and me. And it's amazing the ripple effects that God can have when we simply obey him and do the work he's called us to do right where we are. Are you doing those things? Church of the Lamb, what are the ways that he's called us to make disciples? I want you to pray, if you're part of Church of the Lamb, that God will help us to be faithful in this mission that he's given us. So again, how do we share the good news? Well, one of the things we really need to do is simply grow in confidence in who God is and carry this confidence about with us, not in ourselves, but in God. A God who made every nation, whom every nation will worship, and who has called us to be part of his mission to making disciples. Now I'm going to draw on the mission statement of our church for a moment. If you abide in that God, if you pray with him, listen to him, if you worship with his people, you will grow in confidence in who he is. And you will be compelled by his love to go and to share that love. Are you doing that? Are you growing in that confidence? And are you sharing it with the people that God has put in your way? It's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.